Hello, smut readers. Welcome to Talk Smut and Flicks, where we talk all about the smuttiest of smut. Romance and our favorite romance books brought to life by Passion Flicks. My name is Brittany McMahon. You may know me from TikTok and Instagram. Not only do I write romances, I love reading and watching them just as much. Stay tuned for our very first episode. Today, I am thrilled that the very first episode of Talk Smut and Flicks, I get to talk with USA Today bestselling author Cece Monroe. She's written amazing book series, among my favorite, Loving Ben Cooper. (laughs) My favorite. Uh, Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I know that you have been hard at work with your work in progress, which I'm super excited for. And... (laughs) You just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I, I just got to say how amazing Loving Ben Cooper was. Like I could not put it down. Thank you. That's definitely my heart book. I love that book. So thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. Those scenes. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> we love good old uh, ben, Benny Coops. <laughs> Benny Coops. All right. Yeah. You know, my guy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I know every writer has a different kind of writing process. I mean, some plot like crazy and others can just like word vomit. And I don't, I don't know how they do it. And some are more visual. What is the most difficult part of your writing process? Oh, um, honestly, I think it just, it varies with each book. I'm going to be honest. It, it, it definitely varies with each book. Um, so for instance, like my current work in progress, I think the hardest part is writing, um, a different style than what I've written before. The voice is still there. So the voice of Cece Monroe is there, but you know, I'm removing the Insta love, making it more Insta lust, making the build up a little bit more. So with this one, it's definitely a little bit harder to not get right into the boom. Like, okay, let's do this. Let's get together. They're in love. Like, let's, let's just get right to it. It's definitely really hard to do that with this one, but overall for each book, I think is just, it's, it's the ending process. Okay. You're done with your book and now, you know, it's going to go to readers and you just hope that the reader's get what you were trying to do, what you were trying to convey, the feelings, the emotions, the plot, and um, knowing that you can't always explain everything to everybody and knowing that everybody's going to take certain things differently. So you just, you kind of have to hope that they know what you're talking about, that they understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I think that is just the perception because I think writing, when you have a natural want and desire and talent for it, the writing doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily the hardest part. The hardest part is bearing your soul to the people that are going to read it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think the hardest part is, is probably you, you get into your head a lot too, where you're just like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the one that just, you know, puts me on the map. And then you're just like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> I think every single, yeah, every single book, um, you know, I've been doing this for eight years and I, every single book, I'm like, oh, let this be the one, let this be the one, please let this be the one. And I think that with each book, in a way, it almost is. Even if you don't make a list, even if it doesn't make, you don't sell a lot, make a lot of money. I think that each book, 
it touches somebody in a different way. And there's always going to be a reader that reaches out and goes, this, this book changed something in me, or this book was really important to me. And I think that's the moment that you really feel like you made it is Mm -hmm. it's the, the impact that it had on even just one person is so important. And you do get in your head a lot as you're writing those scenes, you're like, Oh God, like in Ben Cooper, since we were talking about like that being your favorite, the scene, I won't give too much away, but towards about the middle of the book, about 60, 70% in when she decides to do what she needs to do to make sure that he can change his life for the better. You know, when he explodes about the whole mic texting thing and, and just that scene, I was like, are people going to hear this or read this and go, that's unforgivable. Ben, that is unforgivable. You are a jerk. You're, you're slime bag. You're tear. And, but you know, like, all right, well, let's fingers crossed that mm-hmm. fingers crossed it doesn't come off that way. Yeah. You do get in your head a lot. So, oh yeah. You're just kind of like, why people are not going to like you. Why, why, why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and some don't, and they let you know <laughs> they oh, for sure that, you know, Oh yeah. 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 That, that happens. Uh, yeah. Especially if like with mine, um, I had a love triangle and they're just like, why, why, why did you have a love triangle? I fell in love with one of them. Why did you have to put another one in there? I and now love and I'm just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like my bad. Have you always wanted to be a writer? And if so, was it always romance? So I've always loved writing. I didn't always want to be a writer. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I've always written in some form, mainly romance, um, as more like escapism, uh, mm-hmm. to just kind of get away from your everyday life. Um, and then when I decided to publish, it was kind of, it was kind of more, I don't want to say pushed. It was encouraged. Uh, by people that have been reading this, it was fan fiction. Always and Forever was originally fan fiction, specifically Trance Shay. Uh, and my best friend read it and she's like, you know what? You need to publish this. You've got to publish this. And I was like, no. And I, and I've been in the, the industry as a reader, as an mm-hmm. avid reader, you know, I had certain authors that I just, just loved. And I just, I was constantly, there was authors I was talking to on a daily. I was best friends with some. And I just was like, I don't know. I don't know if I see what they go through. And I don't know if I'm ready to put my heart out there like that. Um, and so I didn't always want to be a writer, but when I wrote specifically always the one, I think that that was the moment that I knew, like, especially going to eventually go into Lana and Kingston's story that I wanted to share that with the world because I felt like there was women out there who had been through what I went through and they needed that. They needed that story. And so, and then they just, it kept, I just couldn't stop. I was like, I love sharing these stories. I don't want to just keep them to my small, small little group. I want to yeah, share them. So not always, but yeah, I did eventually. It got to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so glad that you did. Uh, so I, I know for me, those, those breakup scenes, those really emotional, like hit you right in the freaking ass scenes. Um, how do you deal with the emotional impact of writing those scenes? Um, Kate Beckett was probably my most 
to me personally, the most, even though it wasn't my story, it was the most detrimental to my emotions. That took me three years to write. Um, you really, for me, I have to, I have to understand that it's not my pain. It's like watching your best friend go through the worst moment of their life. And you want to, you want to entrap all those emotions and take it from them and put it on yourself. And sometimes you do, even though these characters are fictional, I can hand it right back and be like, well, they can deal with it. They're not real people. Right. But they are, they are to me, this story is real. So, I mean, it, it weighs on me emotionally though, you know, I'll come out of my office at the end of a writing day and I'll just be, sorry, you'll hear my kids screaming, they're <laughs> having fun. Um, but I'll come out of my office at the end of a writing day. And I'm like, this is, I like, I'll shut down. I won't talk. I'll, I'll just kind of keep to myself and just really think about the aftermath. It's, it's like going through it yourself. And, and I think just letting yourself feel that is really important. So I try to just take that on as if it were me going through it. Um, and then there's other times, sometimes when the emotional things happen, it's for the good. So I almost feel like a weight's lifted off. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like specifically, like that's how Kate's book was. It was so back and forth. There was moments where I'm like, God, this sucks. This is heartbreaking. But then there was moments like, God, I'm so glad she finally went through this. And it's like, it's a shitty heartbreak, but God, I'm so happy that yeah. she's out of this and this is over with. And um, no matter how much it hurt her to do it. So I think I just have to, I feel the emotions. I just let, I, I take it on and I just ride out the wave as if it were happening to me. And, and I go through it with my characters, mm-hmm. which I think any good writer will, will say that they'll say it's not good writer, but any like connected emotional writer will say that they'll say, yeah, I, I kind of, I go through it with them mm-hmm. feel it. Um, because if they, I feel like if you try to write something emotional and you don't carry it and you don't feel it, it, it won't, it won't reach readers the way you want it to. If you're not completely and emotionally destroyed with the character, the, your readers won't feel it. They won't. Yeah. So. Yeah. If, if my character's crying, I'm crying right along with them. Yeah. yeah there was many times I, it, that's why it took me so long because, you know, there's, I don't know if you've read that book yet, but there's a certain pivotal moment in that book and really a couple chapters that it was just like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't write more than a paragraph. I, it was just too much. It was too much heartbreak to put. And you're also in a way you're putting your characters through that. I don't have to do this shit to my characters. Uh, I chose to do this, even though they in my head chose it as well. Cause they're like, no, this is where the story needs to go. You still are like, I can't do more than like a, a paragraph at a time. And I just remember I couldn't write more than five, six sentences during these like four or five chapters. And I just was like, how am I going to ever get this book done? And I kept postponing it. I, it took me three years. I pushed the deadline four times, which is why CC Monroe does not do pre-orders because <laughs> I just, it's not, it's not a good combo for me because <laughs> I will I, push I, those deadlines. <laughs> I have so much respect for the authors that can do pre-orders, not me. Yeah. I am such a procrastinator Well, I'm like, oh yeah, spring 2022, we got this. Spring comes yeah. around and I'm like, shit. Yeah. My co-author, when we co-write together, she's like, yeah, I put the pre-order up and I'm like, 
like, all right, yep, here we go. I I get so much anxiety. And I'm like, I I gotta, I've got to freaking, I gotta get this done. I gotta get this done. I can't lollygag. I can't, I just gotta get the hell over whatever it is I'm going through and just push through. So I personally just, I ignore pre-orders like they don't exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Same. Uh, I, I love that you write a lot of curvy, curvy women, a lot of plus size women. And I believe like the market for popularity of, of these characters is higher now than I think they were maybe like two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do you personally like writing your characters as, as curvy? Yeah. Um, so I really, this is something that I'm really trying to convey specifically with her shadows, his secrets coming out. You know, my characters have been, I've written a couple, a couple curvy women. Sadie was curvy. You know, she had hips, she had a butt, she had big boobs, you know, um, same with Shayla. Shayla's very curvy, but I think it's so important that we start giving plus size women. Uh, I am a, I, I'm a fat woman. I'm going to say it. I'm a big girl. I'm, you know, I'm up there. I am. I've always struggled with my weight. I've, I've never been a thin girl. You know, I've gotten good at hiding my angles and knowing my angles and knowing what works for a sister, but I have never been a thin girl. And I think that it's so important, especially now in today's media, we're seeing such a shift in actual real life situation, not just books where men these men that we think would never be with curvy women are with curvy women with plus size women, not women Mm -hmm. that have not Kim Kardashians. Yeah. You know, I'm talking, you know, the CC Monroe's the, the women out there who are actually plus size, they have tummies, they have cellulite, they have, you know, like, like beyond curves. I think it's so important that we, we start to kind of detach ourselves from saying like plus size is curving because mm-hmm. there's such a difference. Curvy in today's society, I feel is you're really explaining the Kim Kardashians of the world. Yeah. You're not explaining the plus size women of the world. And I think that it's so important that we start representing those women more, especially now that more and more um, women are coming to love themselves as plus size women. And that has, that has to translate into all types of media, whether Mm -hmm. it's magazines, movies, TV, books, it needs to, it needs to continue to transfer into that um, and to progress and to move. And as indie authors, we have the most, we, we have the biggest room for opportunity for that because we don't have publishers behind us. You know, I have a publisher for certain books that I write. Um, if I chose to do a plus size woman, I have a wonderful publisher. I know they'd be okay with that. I know they'd love that. A lot of publishers would would not. A lot of publishers, they would rip that rug right out from under you. They'd be like, no, that's not gonna, no, plus size women with a muscular fit, handsome man, because no, plus size women can never bag that. It's like, piss off. And I think that as indie authors, we have the biggest chance and the biggest opportunity to translate that and do that because we don't have anybody controlling our art and so we need to be we need and and I think that goes with beyond plus size I think we need to show more diversity in books we need to show different cultures in books um different race I think that we we are the biggest 
market for the best opportunity to diversify our books. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, going forward, as I continue to, you know, expand and, and really try and find out who I am as an author and to bring more into, I don't want to just stop at body image. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I want to start with more diversity. And I think a lot of authors shy away from that because they say they can't do it right. Or they're nervous. This Well, get sensitivity readers, get people who can read this and be like, Hey, listen, you portrayed it good here, here. You kind of struggled, but I can help you with this. You know, like if somebody were come to me writing a plus size woman and I read it and I was like, Hey, you didn't No, mm-hmm. no on that one. No on that one. Yeah. Um, I can say, this is really how you should convey it. And um, I think that that goes for anything. Utilize it, um, especially in the indie community. There's nobody telling you what you can and cannot write. And we yeah. should take advantage of that for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and incorporating uh, mental health as well. You know, women with, you know, depression, women with anxiety, women with bipolar, and it's mm-hmm. all these things that, you know, we have control. You'd never see it in a traditional yeah. published book you, they would be like mm-mm, mm-mm, no no yeah and I, I've read a couple of books with men having mental illness I think that that's important too because you know just as women just like how women are shunned for being plus size in today's society men men don't have mental health issues if mm-hmm. they do it's very quiet and I love when I see that like talked about Ben he had he had mental health issues he stuff he suffered with you know, intermittent explosive disorder. And, you know, Lana, Lana suffers with PTSD and um, some severe depression, but to write Ben suffering with mental health, I think that that was so unique because men don't, Mm -hmm. men hide that. And once again, we're women writing romance and we can really, we can shine light on that and make it such a beautiful, unique experience. And destigmatize mental health for both men and women for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh there so there's no such thing as an easy book to write. There's no such thing. But which was I would say like your easiest to write? Mm, the easiest to write? Oh gosh. Shit. Ooh, um, I have a couple novellas, but those are just easy because they're short. Uh-huh. So co-written books, easiest to write was Still You uh, with Katie Robichaux. And then my personal book, my own collection, probably Protecting Her Honor. I'd say Protecting Her Honor was really easy because that idea had been in my head for years, mm-hmm. literally years since when I first started writing. It was my first uh, standalone that I had planned to release in this series of standalones. So I had that plotted and I'm not a plotter, but I had sat on it for so long that I literally plotted it start to finish. And I think I wrote that book in like three weeks. So I think that was probably my easiest and it was just fun. Second chance, super insta love, super steamy. Um, yeah, it was just a fun, write. So I think probably protecting a runner was my easiest. That one's in my Amazon cart. Yeah, it's a good, I really like, I like it. A lot of people, uh, it's definitely doesn't get as much uh, attention as it, it should for as an author. Like if I were to point out books of mine that I think 
protecting her honor and loving Kate Beckett are definitely two of my books that I'm like, no, really, you should read it. You should read mm-hmm. it. I'm serious. Do it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it. It's in my, it's in my cart. Uh, so, so book talk is a beast. It's a force to be reckoned with. What kind of role do you think TikTok played into the success of your writing career so far? So TikTok changed, changed my writing career. Uh, I, 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 you know, I was just, I was actually just talking to my husband about this. TikTok, book talk specifically, it just, it is a, it's, it's our place. It's Mm -hmm. finally a place where readers can express completely and find each other. It is huge. It's, it's, I I cannot believe how much it changed my writing career. Um, You know, especially when I first started out on book talk, there wasn't a lot of book talkers. So there was like just a couple of us authors that were just everywhere. And now it's, I go through my for you page and my like page and I'm like new author follow new author because I'm just, I'm so amazed at how much it's grown and it's grown so fast. I think it's the Mm -hmm. fastest growing social media um outlet that us authors have ever had that's intense (laughs) it's It's crazy it's amazing it's amazing but i'm like goddamn like this Uh is growing and it has it has changed the the game for especially authors like me who aren't very well known um for the first time in my life it's like i'm actually i'm actually known as an author you know, I actually have the chance to eventually do this full time and not have to work in a corporate setting, you know, and I owe that all to my readers um, and TikTok for sure. Yeah, crazy. that's a crazy market. It, and lots of lots of fan uh, videos get sent to you, I'm sure every day of just like yeah. loving, I, you know, I, I sent a couple, not gonna lie. <laughs> I love it though. I love that. I love seeing readers be able to create in their head too. And nothing is more exciting. I can't speak for every author, but nothing is more exciting, especially for me as an author to see somebody not only react to my books, but to create something about my books that just resonated with them, you know, creating aesthetic videos or creating reaction videos or just review videos. It's, you, you don't, you read them on Amazon, but to see somebody's face, like to see somebody talk about this book and react to this book, you can, you get to actually feel that review. You get to feel it and see it. It's more tangible than just reading it on Amazon. Right. Um, it's like having an in-person conversation versus a text message conversation. The, the outcome is so very different. So I, I, I love, I love when my readers send me stuff. I just, I'm in awe all the time. Every day I get on TikTok. I'm like, shit, man, I'm so lucky. (laughs) So lucky to have these people in my life. So it's, they're, they're great. I I love TikTok. Yeah. Uh, So as, as you may know, I know listeners will know, but I'm a huge passion flicks fan. Love them. Love their movies, what they stand for. I know that they're making Aurora's book, which I'm so, I'm so excited. So excited. Um, if one of your books, let's say um, Loving Ben Cooper was to be made into a movie, who would you love to see star in it? Um, 
Mm. Um, actually, I, I don't know his name. I forgot his name. He was in uh, Dirty Sexy Saint, I believe, is the name of the movie. Okay. Kincaid. What's his first name? Um, Clay Kincaid. Oh, my God. That's mm. the perfect Ben. Just throw a couple tattoos on him. Uh-huh. David Gregory. Mm. Yes. Mm. Oh, my God. He would yes. make a perfect Ben. A perfect absolutely um just his body type his attitude his just the way he carries himself he's just he could be the perfect ben cooper uh for sadie it is so hard because sadie was sadie has a look but in my (laughs) head sadie is such a it she's such an almost like it's almost like she doesn't have a face. Lady mm-hmm. just has such a, her heart, her soul, her personality. I just couldn't find somebody to embody her perfectly when I created uh, her character. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Any curvy, feisty blonde mm-hmm. would do. I really think, and, um, you know, even I'm really terrible with actor names, but if we're going just off passion flick actors, um, she was in Hollywood dirt and she was in, uh, the protector, I believe. Oh yeah. Emma Rigby. There you go. Those Mm -hmm. two, we're going just off of passion flicks. I think phenomenal. They did phenomenal casting with those two. I think that they're wonderful. Um, they would make, they would make good. I think their chemistry together too uh-huh. could really make a good Ben and Sadie because they're both very strong. Like Sadie, a lot of people said that she's a little submissive. No, she's not. Uh, Sadie is one of the strongest females I've ever written because she she did, didn't sacrifice because Ben could throw it down in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. She sacrifices because that's what people, you know, she's going to healthcare. Healthcare workers sacrifice every day, right? Mm-hmm just who she is she sacrifices for people she loves because she knows that they are worth it and once they get over that darkness they're gonna they're going to they're gonna heal and it's gonna heal her and she's gonna do great she is strong enough to take on that that baggage that's who Sadie is and so I think those two just how they carry themselves on film definitely could could vibe very well oh yeah I I, I die to have to have that on passion flicks absolutely well well i recommended it i was <laughs> like listen here y'all i know she's a small <laughs> a small author but she's got it she's got you know and i love it. i love passion flicks i love the entire idea of that that is uh you know i have some friends who aren't really into they've only ever read traditional publishing they've never really read indie publishing and I just told one of my really close friends, Hannah, about passion flicks. And she was just floored. She's like, wait, what? I was like, it's literally Netflix for indie romance. Some bigger authors, some published yeah. or traditional published, but it's it's Netflix for the steamy good shit that, <laughs> that exactly. Netflix tries to do, but nobody can do it like us authors can. Yeah. And passion flicks embodies that. And um, they let their authors be involved. And I think that that's huge too. Yeah. I think that's really big. And I, 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 I love it. Yeah. It's, it's a I, great, a great, great, great thing. And I, I mean, I love passion flicks. I watch all their movies. I watch them over and over again. I watch them <laughs> with my husband and I just watch his reactions. I'm like, uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, my guy. That's how that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome. yeah, I love it. I love fashion flicks. Uh, I, I, now that I've got like David Gregory in my head, I could, I could totally see it. I, yeah. I originally thought Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah. Who, who played, who played Hawkeye in yeah. the Avengers, but he's a singer. He's, he's a genuine rock star and you're just yeah. kind of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben is a Ben is a I think too Ben is very diverse as as long as they have brown hair, they've got that rock star physique and mm-hmm. that kind of rock star they can personify that rock star, then mm-hmm. really he those two characters, like I said, they have they have these personalities and characteristics, but they don't have faces to me quite yet because they're just so ah, they're so di it's just diverse in in their personalities that I'm just like okay like (laughs) they don't have faces but they're there they're real they're they're real yeah uh so I thought I would switch it up maybe play some uh would you rather so would you rather not be able to buy any new books until you've finished all the ones on your shelf or never be allowed to read any of the books you currently own I would say not buy another book until all the ones are read off my shelf because I can never stop buying books ever. I I have a problem. Yeah. Holy shit. But then I don't know if I would ever buy another book because I have so many on my shelf. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, no, I'd say I'd say the first one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Never ending TBR. It's it's fine. Oh my God, it grows every day. Uh-huh. Uh see, would you rather live in your favorite book, but the main character hates you, or your favorite book character is real but super effing annoying. I mean, they're so fucking good. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, mm, Super effing annoying. Yeah. Because you know what? 99% of the time when you're writing the book, your characters annoy the shit out of you. So I think I could get used to it. I think I could be like, yeah, you're here though. I love you. (laughs) Like, I love you, but... Mm. yeah I think if you spend enough time with people their annoying qualities become something you love so I'm gonna say that yeah I'm gonna say they just be annoying as shit yeah uh would you rather be in charge of deciding how your favorite series ends or how your favorite author's next book starts I would say series ends yeah because um Sometimes they just don't end where mm-hmm. they get too soon. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they need more. So we're going to continue on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say how the series ends because how books begin, you have an entire book to completely flip that script. Uh, when a book's ending, you don't got much time. So I would say probably the way a series ends for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see. Would you rather secretly love a book everyone hates or secretly hate a book everyone loves? Mm, see, I'm so open about, I'm so open about, uh, my thoughts on this. I, mm-hmm. but I would probably secretly hate a book everybody loves. Cause I don't, I don't like to shit on people. I don't like to shit on authors. I don't like to tell people whether I think they would love a book or not. So I'd probably secretly hate a book everybody loves. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's me in real life where I'm just kind of like, mm, it wasn't my favorite book, but I'm not going to come out right and say it. Yeah, because, and especially if you have like influence, if you have a lot of influence, I know that there's been a couple of times where my favorite authors have said, I didn't like a book. And I was so excited to read that book and I won't read it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I trust what they say. Mm-hmm. And if they say it's shit. Then it's gotta be shit. Yeah. Um, and, and then I've gone and like gone against the grain before and read the book they said was shit. And I'm like, I love this book. What are you talking about? This is amazing. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't like to do that because we all influence somebody and I don't ever want to be the reason an author lost out on a chance to have like a loyal reader. Yeah. You know? So absolutely. For sure. um, would you rather lose the ability to read any new books or the ability to reread books you've already read? These are deep. That one's a tough one. Deep. <laughs> I would probably say the ability to reread because mm-hmm. um, books stay with me so well that I'd be able to probably just close my eyes and be like, okay, should I remember this? <laughs> I remember this moment. Um, and there's just endless books, endless, endless books. So yeah, I would probably, I could never stop like reading new. And there's so many new authors to love. There and so is. like finding new authors is really fun for me. So yeah, I'd probably, yeah. Final Thank answer. You. <laughs> yeah thanks a lot book talk for making my tpr huge thanks exactly. a lot. well thank you so much for being here cc and talking to me about all things smut yeah. um it, if you've not read any books by cc monroe like seriously like you've been missing out like you need to like fill your amazon cart i'm manifesting it for you i do it my cart is full because um, <laughs> no one writes these special scenes like CC. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I, I love it and I'm excited and I can't wait to like continue to listen to this podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a podcast gal. So this will be fun for me. I love podcasts. I love it. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for being here. All right, everybody, check her out. Yeah.